Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I have Chris P.A. joining me today from Community Media. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. And, and the is that accurate part is, and we're going we're gonna to get right into it with the names. Um, the is that accurate part is I know community is spelled C-X community. Is there a reason for the X in community? And is it still accurate to pronounce it as community without the zero? Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, we, we kind of live by like everything is, is made up, like nothing in the world is real, like it, everything just is what you say it is essentially. So I would say yes to answer the second question. Um, you can name it or pronounce it community. Um, it's, it's spelled with an X though. It's just like a, a, a unique way. One, of course, the O was already taken. Um, and so, you know, we had to put the X, but the X is synonymous across like essentially all of like uh, video game consoles. And so like, if you think about like the Xbox, you know, there's an X, there's a PlayStation, they have the X button. Um, the keyboard, of course, there's an X and then like a Nintendo, you know, they always have an X. Um, and so, you know, for us, just future-proofing diversity in, in esports and gaming and media, um, it's one of those things where X is like inclusive across the board. So like, that's the cooler story, but the real story is that the O was already taken. <laughs> I love, so I love the fact that it's the coolest story that if you don't share the real reason makes it sound as if you guys were so intentional with the X as opposed to the, oh, I, I'm going with that, the cooler story. I'm going with the cooler story. Speaking of names, the very first question I asked you even before we hit record was how to pronounce your last name. And you said there's a story behind it. So for those who are only um, 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 listening as opposed to watching, Chris's last name is spelled P-E-A-Y. And I wish this was like, we had like a live audience and randomly asked a few people, how would you pronounce um, that word if you saw it? Because myself and our segment producers, we, we took stabs at it and um, we were all wrong. Uh, so tell us the story behind your last name. Yeah, so I'm, I'm starting to dig deeper into like my family history, you know, kind of where we come from. So um, the story might not be as accurate. Um, but it's also the same with community. Like there's a, there's a really cool story and then there's one that, you know, may or may not make sense. But, um, there's a, uh, essentially my family, I guess a long time ago, um, kind of like had some side of some sort of like spat. Um, and so, you know, there was one side or one, one side of the spat essentially that, that called themselves like PA, um, and that would spell P-E-A-Y. And then the other side, they actually dropped the Y and it was just P-E-A. And I, I guess that was like, them getting back at the other side <laughs> and so that then they just call themselves Pete um and so I you know I just went with the the one that sounded cooler that is oh, that's that's exciting that is so interesting and I think you should share that story a little bit more I really do I really really do because we said P one of us said P as an option and the other one said I don't think it's that simple I just don't think it's that simple um, clearly we were right on both of them. So it is Chris P.A. Chris, you are a alum of North Carolina Central University. 
And you're so many things. You, we, we've had so many conversations about you and your bio, believe it or not, before we hit record, uh, without you even knowing about it. We, myself, I'm several generations um, um, removed from one of our segment producers. And she tried several times to explain to me what esports is. And I think I know. Well, for the benefit of humans like myself who are perfectly okay admitting their ignorance, give us like the 30 second uh, 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 briefer on what esports is and what intrigued you to get into that space. Um, yeah, so I'll say, I guess, simply put, um, there's like competitive video gameplay um, that is esports. And so there's like also, so on the flip side of that, you have casual gameplay. So where, you know, your nephew or son mage or daughter uh, may just be sitting in front of the video game and they're, they're playing by themselves. Um, they play games such as, you know, like Crash Bandicoot or, you know, Pac-Man, things of that sort, where it's like just casual, you know, they're just kind of buying time or passing time. Um, competitive esports or video gameplay is, you know, called esports. And that's when, you know, you'll see essentially two teams going head to head and they're typically playing for a prize. So it's almost in the same similar, I guess, vein as like the NFL, the NBA, mm, mm. Um, it's like esports and they're, they're winning really, really, really big money. Um, at the end of the day, playing in these tournaments as well. Speaking of big money, so I reached over. Speaking of big money, I don't want to get this wrong, so I actually want to read it. And it's it's part of your history. But I, I want to get it right for the audience to hear this because I found it insanely impressive. So you you founded HBCU Esports League with the intention to increase diverse representation in the esports and video game industry. It is the world's first and only competitive esports league for HBCUs. And in their first three seasons, they amassed a total of 40 million live views and provided over 1.1, sorry, $1.7 million in scholarships to HBCU students through competitive gameplay opportunities. Impressive. Thank you. Impressive. <laughs> Uh, that is that is my way of giving giving you an opportunity to please tell us about all that you do from community to HBCU esports league. To give us give us a bit on that. Yeah, sure. So community media, um, again, simply put, is a media tech company. Um, our mission is to future proof diversity within esports, video games, and the media, you know, traditional entertainment industry. Um, we essentially were founded on, you know, one single stat that said 83% of African American youth played video games on a daily basis. But then when you look at the video game workforce as a whole, um, there's only about 4% of African Americans that work within the space. And so for us, it's like a huge gap where, you know, we just saw essentially an opportunity. Um, Atlanta, we, we both live in Atlanta, myself, Ryan Johnson, um, a co-founder. We both live in Atlanta, um, you know. Essentially, Atlanta was, I think, the top five, one of the top five cities for esports and video games. Um, and so it was like, you know, just perfect timing. Um, so we founded Community Media with, again, with that mission that kind of led us to the HBCU Esports League. We're both HBCU alum. Um, it, it really started as, you know, just com competition, competitiveness against, you know, me and Ryan. He graduated from Oakwood University. Um, I graduated, of course, like you said, from North Carolina Central University. And so we're like, yo, I bet my team could be your team in Call of Duty. Um, and so we found students on campus, um, you know, got them going head to head. 
and Call of Duty, and they weren't playing for anything at that point. Um, but Twitch saw it. And so, you know, once Twitch saw it, you know, we kind of started to talk to Amazon. Um, and then the rest is pretty much history. Congratulations on all of it. Um, I, I'm listening to you and, you know, you may not know. Let me say I know that I have some um, students. I'm, I'm at Morgan State University and okay. I have some students who, when, when they speak, when they speak video game language, that's what I call it. Or when they do video game speak, I don't know what they're talking about half of the time. And so it kind of, it, it sometimes appears frivolous. It appears frivolous, okay? And I'm, I'm thank you for laughing. Thank you for laughing. Because I'm, I'm so careful that I'm not being offensive because I know it is not frivolous. But it sometimes appears frivolous. And what I love, the reason why I say congratulations, what I love about the bit you just gave us is I hope that there is a student on somebody's college campus today that is listening to the manner in which the two of you started this and is inspired by the manner in which the two of you started this. Yeah. Um, your, 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 your major was not computer gaming. It wasn't computer science. Your major is media and mass communication, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong. Um, so the fact that you can have this major that is slightly different from what others might call just a hobby, and now it has become a great portion of what you spend your time doing is impressive and I hope inspirational for students who are currently confused about what it is they want to do. Um, you have, I'm not going to say it, of course, I've read your bio, but shoot out for us some of the brands and um, the clients that you have been, um, or they have been lucky to have you work with them over the last few years through your company. <laughs> First of all, I love that you uh, that you admit ignorance. Um, that's that's like a, a huge thing of ours because I think uh, people, and to your point, the youth feel like they need to have it all figured out, and we're kind of we're like all in a rush all the time. And you know, I have a I have a very it might be somewhat of a dark saying, but like we're 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 literally in a rush for to 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 go nowhere. We all have the same destination, so you know, let's just take our time and, and literally just learn every single day. Um, but no, so to answer your question, um, essentially we work with brands such as like Verizon. Um, so Verizon came on as our very first sponsor or, or partner, what we call like to call it for the HBCU Esports League. Um, they came on season one, you know, they, they, they really bought in after season one, um, Verizon came back and, you know, it was, we get, you know, media dollars. And so Verizon came back from their foundation. And they're just like, hey, you know, I love what y'all are doing. We know that, you know, we, we love the mission. We want to buy into it. So they gave an additional uh, million dollars to go towards building out esports labs on the campuses of HBCUs. And so we took half of that money. So essentially half a million dollars went towards building out five labs on five HBCU campuses. Um, so that was Morgan State University, of course, um, Howard University, um, Dillard University down in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, there was Delaware State University and there's one more school. Oh, Texas Southern University in Houston, Texas. Um, the other half of that money went towards five students on each campus, you know, focusing on uh, STEM related majors. And so essentially each of those students received a $20,000 scholarship to be able to stay in school, you know, con continue their studies, but also use that STEM major and use that new STEM lab that they now have 
to learn more about gaming, learn more about, you know, what it takes to be able to if you want to be a professional gamer, you just want to work in gaming. Um, but, you know, just the biggest thing for us is just making sure that the students have access. Chris, I, I don't know if you saw me. I'm smiling the entire time that you um, were, were speaking. Um, you guests like yourself and in this moment i'm just going to say you give purpose and meaning behind i love my hbcu question mark um one of the great reasons for for doing this i wanted the question mark was questioning how much we love our hbcus and how much that love is being actioned out like what's the action behind this love everybody says they love their hbcus the question is, well, how do you love your HBCUs? And the smile on my face, it's not, it's not a, I don't challenge people. I'm not in your face when I ask that question. Everything you just said gives an example to those who may not necessarily know how to action out um, that love for your HBCUs. There's no question that whether or not you see Chris PA at homecoming, whether or not you see Chris PA um, I'm flying a banner of I love my HBCU through the chant. Your actions, your actions let us know it's, it's a commitment to the generations of HBCU students to come. You wanted to say something. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I think um, you kind of just struck something. Um, it's, like a, it's like a love. I would say it started out as a love-hate relationship. Um, and it's really just because, you know, at an HBCU, you, you just can assume that you have limited resources. Uh, you don't have the same resources. We're in Durham, so we're right by Duke University. We're right yes. by Chapel Hill. Yes. Um, state is, you know, about 30 minutes away. And so the, the biggest thing is, like, you don't have as many resources. And so you'll look at that as a graduate and you're like, man, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I have a job or, you know, the school didn't set me up right. But then to your point, you know, after a while, you kind of have to turn the camera around. And now I face it on myself and I'm like, wow, I think I didn't do enough. Um, and I didn't go to enough networking events. Maybe I partied too hard. Maybe, you know, I just wasn't focused or I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I didn't have anything to work towards. Um, but now to your point, you know, I, I do love my HBCU. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, I was literally just talking to one of my line brothers and we talked about, you know, donating back to the school. And um, he donates back to the school. He just became a Hall of Famer um, for the football team. So shout out to him. Um, do you want to say his name? Yes, Carl Jones. Okay. I don't want to know that he's a Hall of Famer. I don't want anyone to know about his successes. <laughs> he just, you know, it's excited about it. I love it. Um, but no, so to your point, I, I think the action is definitely speak. And I, I really didn't realize it. Um, I guess partly because I don't really do it for that reason. Um, or maybe we're just moving too fast. But no, we built out a lab at North Carolina Central, of course. That was the second esports lab that we built. So I had to come home. Um, also built one at Oakwood University and Ryan's alma mater as well. So, yeah, I think I, I do. I very truly do love my HBCU. You do. You, love Love is not a word. It is, but it's it's an action. And whether you choose to see it or not, again, you have you have broadcast to the world. Thank you, Chris P.A. Why the purpose of I love my HBCU question mark? Because that was it. Spotlight HBCU alumni and students to showcase their love in action. And I don't even have to ask you that question because you showcased for us. Yeah. Um, I could literally keep talking, just talking with you. But I do want to bless you with our rapid fire segment because I'm, I'm learning 
thankfully, that A, people love it. B, people are looking forward to the answers to yeah. some of the same questions that I ask every single guest. So it's 67 seconds, and I'm going to give you a quick quiz. Why do you think it's 67 seconds of rapid fire as opposed to 60 seconds? Um, I, I would automatically, I guess, go to the year 1867. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's it. That's it. That's it. Not many people get it. So that's why I just, I spring it upon people every now and then. I love you. If I'm allowed to say that, I absolutely love you for that. Okay. Rapid fire segment, 67 seconds. And the clock starts after I read the very first question. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Describe your HBCU experience in one word. Ooh. Um. Uh, I don't know. The first word that came to mind was exhilarating. I don't know why. Exhilarating? Yes. Exhilarating. I'll take it. If your time in college was a song, what would that song be? Um. <laughs> uh, life. <laughs> Um, Lifestyle by, I think it's uh, Rich Gang, Rich Homie Kwan and Young Thug. Lifestyle by Rich Homie Kwan. Kwan. <laughs> you can tell I don't know it, right? Yes, it's, it's a great song though. You should, should, uh, you should. Of course, I'm going to listen to it after this now. Um, if you remember, what was your best meal in college? Um, best meal in college was... Probably Chicken Wednesday. Chicken never... Wednesdays. Okay. We get that a lot. So you're in good company. Um, shout out your favorite professor or person at NCCU, if you remember. Um, yeah, I think my favorite person at NCCU um, will probably have to be Miss Kia Bell. Okay. Um, yeah, Miss Kia Bell worked in the PR office. I know this is rapid fire. I'm so sorry. Uh, no worries. Worked... No worries. Public relations office, and I was interning for her, and we're like still really good friends. Um, and, and she looks out for me all the time. You're um, right, it was rapid fire, and the I just got the ding that the timer's up. But I always take the liberty to ask one more question, so I'm gonna ask you one more question on a scale of one through ten. How good of a student were you? Um, I'd say 10. I was a really good student. Give us more. <laughs> Give us more. He said it so confidently. I'd say 10. I was a really good student. Give us more. I had a lot to lose, I think. Mm. Um, generation. Um, and so, you know, I had like a, a lot of younger um, cousins, nieces, nephews. Um, and, you know, they were all just looking at me. I think it was, it was a lot of pressure. Um, but I always just like to learn. Just learn new things and kind of be in the know. Um, I, don't, I don't want it to your point at always admitting our ignorance, literally asking questions as many times as possible, because that's the only way you're going to know anything. I love it. I love it. And I, I love the nonchalant confidence with which you said the number. I was a 10. Of course, I was a 10. I love that. Um, um, Chris, how did you select NCCU as your HBCU of choice? Give us your college choice journey. So long story, I didn't know anything about college. Um, I wanted to go to college to play football like any other young black man, probably, or basketball. Um, I went to go play football at Fayetteville State University. Um, so I played the first semester. I, I love Fayetteville State. I'll, I'll preface with that. Um, but I didn't like Fayetteville State at the time. Mm, mm. Yeah, it was just it was just a lot going on. It was very, they were like 
revamping, essentially revitalizing what the campus looks like now. Like now the campus looks amazing. Um, back then, not so much. Mm-hmm. Real, I say back then. Um, that's a decade ago. Wow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it wasn't it wasn't as nice as it is now. Um, so uh, I had one of my good friends that I grew up with. He went to North Carolina Central. Um, and then also, you know, his best friend. And so I would come back and, and kind of hang out with them. It was like an hour away. Um, and she like, hey, I, I might like to come to this school. So I called my dad. I don't know how he did it. I ended up transferring like mid-freshman semester. Um, so I went to Philadelphia State for one semester and then transferred to North Carolina Central in January of 2013. Wow. Nice. Nice. I also know, however, though, that you went to PWI for your master's. You went to Georgia State University. Um, and I, I, I know it might sound like an unfair question because the whole nature of grad school is a little bit different than the nature of undergrad. I, I get that. But you've answered every single question I've asked you so far. So I have every confidence you're going to answer this one as well. <laughs> um, compare the two. And, and the compare the two that I'm asking you here, I see the smile on his face. I hope people are watching this and not just listening. Um, compare this PWI and the, 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 your experience in a PWI as opposed to an HBCU? So my experience was a little bit different. So my master's program was, it was a 12 month program. Um, and my classes weren't on the main campus. They That's were, it. If you're familiar with Atlanta, they were in the Buckhead campus, um, which is, I think it's just like a building. Georgia State has, um, produces the most black student graduates every year out of, I want to say any PWI in the world. Um, so they're technically called like a, what it, what would be like a predominantly black institution, um, just not an HBCU. So Georgia State, it was, it was a really good school. It was, it was very fast. Um, I went for my master's again. So, you know, another culture shot for me to your point, because I want to say my cohort was, it was, it was probably a, a really good mix, a good diverse mix. Um, but it was, it was fast mm, mm. from North Carolina central where, you know, you're, you're, with your professors, you have one-on-ones and you ask me about my student, you know, my student time here. Absolutely. With all of my professors um, asking them, you know, what, what can I do to be, you know, improving? What can I do to improve? What can I do to be a better student? What can, you know, what can I like, just tell me something, give me some feedback. Um, at Georgia State, it's not so much. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people that are looking for feedback versus an HBCU where, you know, people are kind of more laid back. Um, and not as, I guess, worried about their studies, especially as an undergrad, you know, really having fun. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. It's, 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 a, it's a really hard comparison because I wasn't like on campus. That's fair. <clears throat> Georgia State is a, is a great school. I'll say that. I, I hear a lot of good things. I, I hear a lot of good things, actually. We also have some partnerships with them. So I hear a lot of good things. So, And I think that's a fair comparison or a fair point for you to make that because you weren't really there um, and we're like not on the main campus anyway, it's not going to be as direct of a comparison. Um, you talked about the love-hate and I appreciate you for bringing up the love-hate. Um, I, I've had different focus group conversations uh, regarding I love my HBCU question mark and Chris, I I need you to have my back, sir, because Lord have mercy, everyone, whenever they hear me ask the question, well, do you love your HBCU as much? And can we get really honest about some of the not so great things about HBCUs? 
I, they're like toast and stop, toast and stop. We can't talk about that. And I'm a strong believer that the only way we get better at some things is by admitting what those some things are, right? Um, and if we're only discussing them behind closed doors, we don't necessarily get the opportunity of the breadth of resources that could come from the most unexpected of spaces to aid us in that. So back to your love-hate, you talked about a, a previous, it's all love now, but you talked about a previous love-hate relationship that you had uh, with regards to NCCU. So I'm curious, what was your most either frustrating or challenging experience, aspect, whatever it is about having attended your HBCU? Because I bet you, you are not alone. Um, that is a great question. I have a few. Um, I'll say, you know, I think this doesn't have anything to do with the school. Um, but there was one summer <laughs> where uh, I needed to to take classes. And so I think one of the most frustrating things is, you know, not knowing what classes to take. Um, again, as a first generation college student, you know, you're going, you're just thinking you're going to college and literally my, I had a uh, hard time transitioning to online work high school hmm. we weren't really doing anything online it was all pen paper um we come to college and we had uh, i think it was called blackboard um and so i i wasn't reading my syllabus or syllabi um mm -hmm. i didn't know about any of that and so i also did not have an advisor to tell me any of that you know i, I kind of felt like at, at one point in time my advisor was working against me because hmm. um, like I, I didn't know what classes to take and i really wasn't getting like the guidance that i needed um, and again, first generation college student, so I'm literally just here, um, just kind of existing. Um, so I think I think that was one of the biggest things is really not have or not feeling. I'll say I won't say I didn't have, but not feeling like I didn't have the support hmm. that I to kind of guide me through. It's almost like they they wanted. I felt like they wanted to keep me here longer. Hmm. First, hmm. do all the things and take the proper steps I needed to be able to graduate on time. Wow, you. All of my vocal cues were <laughs> were born out of gosh, you spoke several words in that in that um 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 response. And when I say several words, I'm stealing my my students. Um um there's a student in my class who's like, Dr. Chosen, you just spoke a word. So that's the you spoke several words. I know I'm saying it wrong because I'm not as cool as my students are. I know that. Um, but that's what I mean. You Bear with me for a hot second. You said something that is making me realize that perhaps, just perhaps, one reason why we might have some helicopter parents involved in their students' education at some of our HBCUs is because some of them were first-generation college students who experienced almost identical what because I've heard that experience before i felt they were working against me i don't know if my advisor really knew what they were doing and i don't even know if i was being properly advised because it looked as if you just wanted me to stay here longer i think i think chris you just gave us this is an epiphany moment at least for me you just gave us at least a potential reason why some of those parents have become helicopter parents and making sure they are involved more intimately with is my student taking this is my we don't want to hear from them no offense i don't want to hear from the parents i want to work just with the student 
But this will, this, I hope everyone listening to this, this will enable some understanding as to a potential reason why. Thank you for giving that reason because um, it's a real reason. Um, and I think not, you're not the only one that's experienced that at HBCUs. Um, yeah. You are a 10. So I'm, I don't know what advice you would give your freshman self, but I still want to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that's a great question as well. I think, so there's like an African proverb. It says, okay. the youth can walk fast, but the elders know the way. Um, oh, I'm writing that down. Go ahead. I typically take out elders and say the experience. So the youth can walk fast, but the experience know the way. Um, and I say that to say, you know, again, like network. Just talking to people, asking questions. That was one of the things where, you know, I, I was very shy, um, I'll say. And I, I didn't like to talk to people. I didn't know how to start a conversation. I didn't know how to carry a conversation. Or I just didn't want to. Um, but now, looking back at it, I wish I would have asked more questions. I wish I would have spent more time. I was still a 10, to your point, <laughs> where to, like, I spent a lot of time with my professors. Um, but I was more so just trying to be a great student and not necessarily a great professional, I guess. Mm. So, so were you, were you, this is what I'm getting and feel free to correct me as an interrupt me, like toast and stop it. That's wrong. Um, you give me the student who stepped foot on campus was singularly focused on making sure that he was going to be the best academic student for himself with very few obstacles in the way, which it sounds to me that the sacrifice might have been not being the most well-rounded student. Is that accurate? Yeah, no, it's very accurate. I look at uh, some of my peers. Um, There's one girl in my cohort at Georgia State. She graduated from North Carolina A&T, which is our rival school, who's also having their homecoming on the same weekend as ours. Um, but she had a lot of opportunities. And so, you know, brands would actually come to A&T and they'd set up and they'd recruit students. And, you know, we didn't have that as much at North Carolina Central. It's also another thing, a big pet peeve of mine was like the career services department where it was like dated jobs and you know it's like smaller company they're looking to hire um and no like real opportunities um but yes i think i think the biggest thing is you know just having the opportunity i think just to to ask questions um sorry i'm trying to remember your question no Acad no no so yes so i was more so focused on academics i really just wanted like a's i wanted a 4.0 um and again i wasn't really thinking about like wow, this person did this, right? So this person worked in the news and they're my professor and I could just talk to them and they could probably introduce me to someone else that could then get me an internship or an opportunity. Instead, I was literally just focused on like getting an A or a B. Um, so I would say like academics are extremely important, but it's not the only thing. What would you, what, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm thanking you because you currently, all your words, uh, whether you realize it or not, are representative of several students that I get to talk to every single day. And that's not 2013 or 2012. This is 2023, 2024. And um, 
And I know that um, we don't always listen to what other people are telling us, but I still want you, Chris, to give a word of advice to that student who you were, but who I see every day now, who no matter how many times I might tell um, 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 Naya, Naya, I know the 4.0 is important. I know it is. And Naya, I know you're worried about making an A in chemistry, making an A in this. But Naya, I, I still want, I need you to walk out with an education more than a college degree. Having walked Naya's shoes, Chris, what is, give us, give Naya, all the Nayas, all the former Chris's of the world, give them, if you will, just two practical steps that if you had this to do over again, because you said talking, but I want you to give a very practical, do this and do that. Um, yeah, so I think there's a quote, another quote. We live by a lot of quotes. Um, <laughs> basically says like the brave, um, the brave may not live forever, but the cautious literally never live. Um, and so I think, you know, in saying that, that's one of the things where like, to your point of focusing on academia, where it's like, you know, you just really have to take chances. Um, I think, and I get a lot of flack for this probably, but with the exception of, you know, legal, there's law, um, in the medical fields, personally, I think the education system is somewhat outdated. I won't say fully, um, but it is outdated to a, to a, to a certain degree. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is really just finding those niche, that, that, that pocket of people um, mm -hmm. that are doing what you want to do. And literally just ask them how they got there. Um, and, you know, and, and, and keep talking to them and, and be their friend or, or ask them, what can you do for them? You're in college. You already probably don't have any money. Um, so just do the work for free, um, you know, and then and then everything will literally work out. That, that's how we have essentially community media and HBCU Esports League. It's all built on relationships. You, you, oh, Lord, students, I hope you're listening. I know I'm going to make sure my students hear your words um, because several of them are discouraged by the shutdown. Several of them are discouraged by the no. Mm. Um, how did you relationships, right? How did yeah. you overcome the no? How did as an NO and how did you overcome the shutdown? Um, other people call it rejection. My students use the term. I, I, they just shut me down. So I'm just not going back. I'm just, I'm yeah. done. Give, yeah. give some words on that. Um, I always say, and I think Ryan's told me this too, before I actually worked in sales, he's like, yo, I think everybody in there, like in the universe should work in sales. Because then you literally, you, you just get used to the no and, mm. and no never means no. And like, I say this facetiously, but also not like it wanting to come off as like a douche, but literally, I don't think we can ever lose. I don't think anyone could ever lose or fail. Um, it's just it's, as cliche as it sounds, it's literally a lesson. Like you, you fail for a short period of time. If someone says no, all right, cool. You just maybe ask the same question a different way or ask at a different time or ask a different person. But that's one person out of what, 8.23 billion in the world. Like there's a lot of people to talk to. There's a lot of people that'll say yes. And literally all you need is that, that one yes. I can't tell you how many no's we get, but the one yes is the thing that might carry us in our business through the next three to five years off of one yes. And we, you know, we might get 30 no's. Um, so, I mean, you just have to keep pushing. And there's, uh, I listen to Charlemagne the God a lot. He always says, like, you have to have a, a DJ Khaled level of annoyance. 
Um, and I think that that's very true. You just have to, you just have to keep pressing. You just have to persevere. A DJ Khaled, I do not listen to Charlie much. I can't even get his name right. So yeah, my apologies. I don't listen to him as much. Um, but wow, I do know who DJ Khaled is. And there is a level of annoyance there that I actually find inspiring. So I, I, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. You, you've given up so many quotes. It's insane. <laughs> And just some from you, not just the ones that you are quoting, but some literally from your own words. So I, there are a couple I'm stealing that I'm going to live by, just FYI. Um, the 30 no's that you get, and I, I do want to belabor this just for a slight second. The 30 no's that you get, um, realistically, doesn't feel good. Um, so for, for everybody listening, um, and I, I think of my students a lot, but for everybody listening, because sometimes I see that it has beaten them down. And I heard you say you've got to keep pushing. What, what do you do? What does Chris do through the nose? Like through the nose, what do you do to just allow you not to focus on that being the answer? Because like you, like you rightfully said, and my dad says it to me all the time, it's one yes. All you need is one yes. So how, how do you get through or how do you make sure you get through the nose, especially when they are in secession? Hmm. I think at this point it, it kind of rolls off, um, but I'll say, you know, like, like your dad said, like you, you only have to be right once. And so knowing that it's, it's, it becomes very easy to just, one, just let it roll off of your back, um, but two, to also just, I guess just keep pushing. Keep I don't pushing. Know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard question. Like, I guess something that, that we do, um, and just knowing, like, it, it, we learn from every, like, literally every single Everything, thing. yeah. Like, Ryan can tell you, he's, like, the smartest guy in the world, first of all. He can tell you, you know, when they're building a city, when the Super Bowl is going to come to that city because of, you know, the way that they're setting it up. And it's just like, you know, you, you don't know, what we like to say is you don't know what you don't know, but you're responsible for what you don't know. Because if you if you want something, you know, like, you, you just... You just have to figure it out. And so everyone isn't going to try and, and help and everyone isn't going to try and, 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 you know, push you to get to where you want to be. I, I've heard no from some of the closest people that I thought were, you know, my mentors and I wanted them to do something for me or help me out. Um, and I might not have heard a response, but I mean, there's probably 20 people doing that same thing. So, I mean, if I haven't hit all 20 of those up, then what do I have to lose? So we have nothing to lose. And eventually just stop caring about what people say and what people think because it doesn't matter. And I think the biggest thing too for that is like everyone is scared of rejection because of their own ego. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, right? No, everybody thinks that someone is like looking at them or, or, or thinking about them or talking about them. But like, I, don't, I don't think anyone thinks about anyone but themselves. That is true. <laughs> that is true so so no, that is true and the laughter that came from that is this is this is a frivolous example but i think it's going to hit home for you and everybody listening i've watched oh gosh i'm going to call her out my my older sister is the selfie queen mm -hmm. literally and if she's taking a picture with other people in that shot and you're asking her if the picture looks good guess who she's looking at 
just herself. She's not looking at anybody else. And when she tells you, oh my gosh, it's a great picture, it has nothing to do with how you looked. I normally look jacked up in pictures next to her. And she's going to tell me, Tosin, yeah, this is a lovely picture. This is the one we should use. And then I go back and I look at it and I was like, well, that's because you looked great in the picture because that's all she was looking at. That's a good point. Um, We shouldn't give too much thought. Go ahead. And I know, like like you said, I mean, no one is no one is thinking about you. They're only no one is thinking about you. No one is thinking about you. I got to the point with pictures. Like I'm like, yeah, the camera can only capture what it sees. It's like people are taking a picture. Like I don't have to look at it. Like I I already know what I look like. Like if I look too crazy, like don't post it. But I mean, it's a picture. Smile. I love it. I love it. I love it. Chris, uh, finish this sentence for me. Um, Because of my experience at my HBCU, I will not. Hmm. Because of my experience at my HBCU. Hmm. Um, I think that's a great question. If you don't have an answer, it's okay. It's okay. I love it. I love it. This is the first time without an answer. I'll take it. I'll take it. First. I'll take it. I think because of my HBCU, I will not. So the first, I just like to say whatever comes to my mind. I will not complain. I don't know. Now I'm trying to make it make sense. Um, I think, you know, North Carolina Central is an amazing school. Um, You know, when I was here, these schools, they just build up. Um, they now have a Panera Bread, a Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, like a bunch of things on campus. There's food trucks. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just perseverance, you know, and, and just finding out. And I guess going all the way back to the first question, now there's like a around it. So first question, right? Um, I, turning the camera on myself, I didn't think I did enough. Uh, originally, I wanted to blame the school, um, but now looking at it, you know, I have to only blame myself. And so I won't complain. Um, I think the school gave me everything that it was supposed to give. Um, it was up to me to take advantage of those resources and those opportunities and, and you know, the people that they put in place because really good professors at, at, at my HBCU that like, even when I graduate, right, like some of my friends that were in MassCom um, as well, like they still talk to these professors and these professors have, have helped them get jobs. And that's yeah. why I'm like, so maybe it's not the school, maybe it's me. Me. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Um, you know, there's life is great. I think God is great. Um, my HBCU is great. It's great. Um, <laughs> life is good. <laughs> no, 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 no complaints. I love, I love North Carolina Central University. Chris, um, before we leave, is there something that I have not brought up that you desperately want to get off your chest? Or is there something that you're working on that you'd love to bless the audience with hearing about it from you first? Um, well, first of all, Tosin, this was an amazing interview. Um, I appreciate you for having me. Um, and you brought out a lot of really good answers, things that I have like literally never thought about. Thank um, you. Since, you know, they actually happened. Um, things that we're working on, um, we have, we're still in season four of the HBCU esports league. Um, esports and gaming is one of those things where, you know, traditionally us, um, black community will be left behind with any quick change. And so the esports game, esports industry has been around for like the last five years, um, or I guess seven now. 
But essentially, I mean, the, the biggest thing there is making sure that our students have equitable opportunities. Um, and so, you know, we're still literally preaching the word every single day. A lot of times it's unbelievable. Um, you, you asked me about brands. I did not shout out the other brands, so I have to do that. Um, there's Mountain Dew, um, but I wanted to say this. So talking about opportunities that don't seem real. Mountain Dew has their real change challenge that they've been doing for, I think, three years now. They um, tapped on us for the last two years. And so essentially what they wanted to do, and this is like their campaign, their idea. So for me, it was shocking because they're like, hey, we want to do a gaming tournament. We want to serve HBCU students. And we have half of a million dollars in scholarships from playing the video game. And I'm like, wow. Wow. It's so, you know, they they came through with what they said. Said. We put these tournaments together. We have these students that are playing. And that was like, I think at that very moment, you know, I, I kind of realized, I'm like, wow, like this, this is why we exist. Yeah. So for the first time ever, you know, there's HBCU students with over $70,000 in their bank accounts because they probably took it out in the form of a refund. Um, or, you know, they might have used it for, 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 for school. Um, yeah. And, as, you know, the, I think the average HBCU tuition is like $14,000. Um, and so, I mean, it's a full ride scholarship for these kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there's one student who who just won. He's actually a Morgan State student. Um, Tosin, he, I forget his name. Um, Kamo is his, is his gamer tag. Okay. Know. Okay. I'm, I'm going to find him. I'm going to find him and make sure we shout him out. Yeah. So we, um, we did this tournament. This was actually last weekend. He won. Um, but before he won, you know, we like to ask all the students, hey, this is a lot of money. Like, what are you going to do? With it? And so his his story was that his mom had lupus and, you know, his dad helps out a lot. His dad is very, very present and, you know, there, but he's like more money won't, won't hurt. And so he wanted to use a portion of his money to you know go towards his mom um, and help pay for her doctor bills and her hospital bills. And then he ended up winning the tournament. And and it's like you can't make this up. Like, you can't make that up stories or you can but you know it's not it doesn't have the same impact yeah um yeah so i mean we're we're a media company at heart um but as we like to say everything that we do is social good through media um i don't think i ever want to do anything that doesn't impact any um and so hbcu esports league season four is still here um we are live every sunday i think we're live wednesday this week um, so you can watch us at twitch.tv um, backslash C-X-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're still kicking it. We're still kicking it. We're still making sure that students are hired. Chris, I, I can't help it. I love every single guest that comes on. And I know it doesn't sound real each time I say it, <laughs> but I really do love every single thing that we have talked about today. I love your energy. I love the responses that you gave. They're so authentic and I appreciate that. And we're just going to have quotables from you for a very, very long time to come because of it. Um, To everybody watching, thank you for tuning in to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I hope that we have... Lord have mercy. I know I, if I were literally just somebody listening because of Chris PA alone, I'd be subscribing and liking. So I I hope we have earned the pleasure of you subscribing and liking. I love my HBCU question mark. Till next time, yours and HBCU love. Chris PA, thank you so much.
You've been listening to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.